0: College guys are going to have the opportunity to sign endorsement deals. In my opinion, they aren't going to be as lucrative. Look, this is
1: unfair to Justin Herbert, but here's what's going to happen. People are going to compare him to Andrew Luck.
2: On this episode of Against the Grain, it's early October, and that means it's mock draft time, never too early. We're going to dive into a fresh mock draft, and we're also going to talk about the impact of the new California rule on marketing and college football players maybe even NFL players. Let's go.
0: We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain.
3: Against the grain. Against
0: the grain. grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the grain. Here's Andrew Perloff. Against the grain. All
2: right, welcome into the Against the Grain podcast. This is a great time for overreactions, and it's getting crazier every year like the quarter pole MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. And I was asked about six different times, what's the best team in the NFC? It is after four weeks, and let me just look back to last year. Week five standings, the Miami Dolphins sat at number one in the AFC East at three and one, with the Patriots trailing at two and two. Cincinnati Bengals were tied for the lead in the AFC North, the Titans in the AFC South, and the Redskins in the NFC East. So it really does not mean as much as we think it does. like So you have teams like the Niners who are 3-0, but they haven't played anybody. And you couldn't go down a list and talk about the Patriots. They haven't played anybody, and they won't play anybody for a while. It's a bit of a joke how much we overreact to the early season results. That's what we do. I do it, too. So everyone does it. But on this episode of Against the Grain, we're going to sort of take what we've learned and extrapolate a little further down the road, as in next April, as in the draft. Because I'm starting to look at some of these bad teams they're really forming themselves for the draft. We knew Miami was going to tank, and they are tanking spectacularly. Cincinnati, man, they had one of the worst performances I've ever seen against the Steelers on Monday night. They seem to be not in tank mode, but in rebuild mode. You have Washington Redskins. They went with Dwayne Haskins last week, which signals that they're ready for the future. So they're thinking about the, you know, what's coming next. And the thing about it is there's going to be so many quarterbacks in next year's draft. To be a first-round quarterback, you don't even have to be that amazing anymore because quarterbacks are at such a premium. And I think owners around the league are going to see a guy like Gardner Minshew killing it and be like, wait, I I want one of those guys. And he went in the fifth round. How do he go? Or the sixth round? How did he go so far? Uh, so I think it's going to be a really quarterback-heavy draft next year. Now, I'm going to pop on the producer, Mario. Mario, were you aware that this is like crazy quarterback class coming? I'm not sure like where the average lies i know you you watch college football you watch nfl did you know like you were looking at a bumper crop of quarterbacks for next year
3: yeah yeah i did um i mean i can name five off the top of my head and i don't even know about the jordan love kid um i only heard about him from you but yeah, yeah. i mean you got tua from herbert eason like but i mean are do they even does eat? everyone
2: know eason though
3: i i feel like yeah yeah i know eason i know eason because he transferred out of Georgia. Yeah. Um, because of Fromm, right? So that was like a chain reaction and then he had to sit out a year at Washington. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm I know who Eason. There was a certain point that Eason may have gone to Notre Dame, they were saying, instead of Washington. So yeah, I definitely oh, know. About so him. You,
2: you've been on the Eason bandwagon. Oh yeah. It's so interesting to To me, the most interesting one is uh, Jalen Hurts. So against the grain, we're all about the system quarterback argument. If Lincoln Riley gets another Heisman winner at Oklahoma after going Baker Mayfield to Kyler Murray to Jalen Hurts then nobody in their right mind has the right to question my system quarterback <laughs> argument. Because come on. I mean, this is ridiculous. Jalen Hurts, what was being talked about, it's a different position when he was at Alabama, gets under Lincoln Riley's tutelage and is now in a first-round mock draft that we will discuss with Yahoo's Eric Edholm soon. So now he's a, a first-rounder. It's early October. He's probably going to go even higher than 32 where Eric had him by next April. So, come on, dude. Is this the classic case of a system quarterback, or am I wrong?
3: No, it, it, definitely, it, it definitely looks like that. Um, I mean, you can't really tell, I guess, with Baker and Kyler yet, if they were system. because they, I mean, I guess they're still too new. But definitely that Oklahoma whole deal is definitely a system quarterback. I'm yeah, 100% too, with you.
2: It's not just system, too. It's, it's the competition. I mean, the Big 12 defenses are so bad it's going to make quarterbacks look good. The thing that people have to realize, it's such an inexact science, especially when it comes to quarterback. You know, we're looking at this year, Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, two of the biggest sure things to come in the draft in a long time, are both fighting for their jobs. They're both coming off great weeks, which confuses things even more. But I, I feel like basically, you could say the Big 12 defense is, it doesn't matter, but these teams, they don't know exactly how a guy's going to project. So if Jalen Hurts throws for 45 touchdowns and no picks and runs for like 1,000 or 1,500 yards, they're going to be impressed, and they're going to draft him high. Uh, that's why I want to really chop it up with Eric Edholm, whose mock draft, what do you, I think he called it Mocktober, which October, I love. Mocktober, yep. Yeah, it was a big topic on the DP show. I mean, it's amazing. If, if Basically, there could be like the most important headline politics, Mm -hmm. like this guy won the president, this guy landed on the moon. There's a mock draft. I'm putting everything to the side and I'm reading it. You live for this, right? I live for it. And I know Eric is a veteran uh, NFL columnist. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, You know, sometimes there's a random one on the internet and I don't even know like what the publication is. But Eric, he knows what he's talking about. And a lot of guys we have on this podcast do. So we're going to chop that up. I also want to talk to my really good friend, Dusty Stanfield, who is a marketing representative for NFL players, and he has been for a long time. I met him back in 2006. I was doing a ghostwritten column for Nate Burleson, who, of course, went on to become a media star. Dusty was representing him. This guy knows everything. He's always talking to the corporate side and the players. So I'm very curious. And tell me if you already knew the answer to this. Like, what's a stop? I don't know, Procter & Gamble or Nike from calling Trevor Lawrence right now and being like, what, what's the rule uh comes in that amateur athletes can get paid for their likeness? Why wouldn't Nike give the best football player a $20 million deal? Just get him signed in now at college. Tell me why not, Mario. Come on, tell me. What do you uh, got?
3: I can't tell you. I, I really well, can't. I didn't think so. I mean, it's I an investment, think... right? It's just an investment for the future.
2: Exactly. So why not sign it early? I think this rule, yeah, uh, if – whatever version goes through. I think there eventually will be some sort of federal rule because, you know, California passed their rule. Florida's rule is uh, much quicker than you have South Carolina and many other states. So once this rule gets into place, uh, I think it's a very good thing for college sports. I think it might actually help college sports because it keeps players there. But I think there are going to be some big ticket items that are going to be very interesting. But Dusty's an expert. He'll break that all down. But first, man, Mocktober, let's jump right into the 2000 what year it will be 2020 20. yes the 2020 NFL draft with Eric at home let's go <laughs> all right Eric I just pulled up last year's draft the 2019 draft and there were eight yep. skill position players drafted how boring is that compared to what we are about to see if your mock draft is accurate it is going to be skill player palooza in 2020 uh, do you, now let me ask you an honest question, like when you're writing a mock draft, do you tend to, to lean towards skill players because you know the audience is gonna be more interested in that? Or is yeah, this well, really as skill player heavy a draft as we think it's gonna be?
1: Yeah, well, just back quickly back to last year, I think it became obvious sometime in January once the you know, the underclassmen pool was released. And once you kind of took a 30,000 foot view of the whole thing, you just realized, look, it's just not going to be one of those sexy drafts. And, you know, we had that one year where it was like Eric Fisher and all those guys at the top. It wasn't quite that bad, Oh yeah, but it was, yeah, it it was pretty clear. This is not going to be the most made for TV fan friendly draft of all time. So you you always have to just look at the talent and say, all right, uh, you know, if we're talking offensive guards the best players so be it you know we want to shoot for accuracy as best we can so yeah this year is probably going to be ridiculous now maybe a handful of the top guys end up returning to school or something like that but the quarterbacks the wide receivers ridiculous it's one of the best groups i can recall and i think a good running back group but the question is how many of those guys going round one just not around one position lately
2: well it's funny because a lot of sometimes like quarterbacks for example are defined by need more than quality. Sure. You're obviously the famous uh, Jake Locker, Christian Ponder draft when everybody yeah. was taking quarterback and pushed a bunch of guys up. The question, you know, I'm wondering you have six quarterbacks I believe in your mock draft, right? Are there yeah. going to be six teams that are drafting a quarterback? this year. Some are obvious, like, but even the obvious ones are not that obvious because you start with Miami. What if Miami secretly wants to wait and try and get Trevor Lawrence, for example? Uh And, right. you know, they have Josh Rose in the building. What if Cincinnati starts to see something with Andy Dalton? I'd say after week one, we would have said, hey, Andy Dalton and Zach Taylor's a match made in heaven, you know, right. and then, then a lot of other teams, like the Redskins and the Cardinals have drafted quarterbacks. So I don't know. I'm, are you sure there's going to be six teams that want to pick one?
1: Yeah, no, and that's that's always the question. Heck, I had a Bengals fan hit me up on Twitter saying, Hey, did you watch Ryan Finley in the preseason? That dude's good. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, let's let's keep it in a little bit of perspective yeah. here. But but yeah, I mean that's that's always the issue. And sometimes I'll do these early mock drafts and think, okay, there's, you know, X number of QBs who probably should go in round one, but at this point of the 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 the, the schedule or whatever, the, the the calendar, I it's really a guesswork, right? Which veteran quarterbacks are gonna get released. Are there any out there for trade possibilities? I mean at this point last year we had we had Herbert in the draft. We didn't have Tyler Murray. You know, we had Drew Locke as a top ten pick. So so much can change. I mean I had I had a Bengals fan this morning on Twitter say, Oh no no, have you seen forget Dalton, have you seen Ryan Finley play yeah. in the preseason? You know, so it's really tough to say. There's gonna yeah, be some also- movement. Yeah, and free
2: agency too. Like, say, say Mariota doesn't resign to Tennessee. Exactly. How do you know that a team a team might sign him instead of going the draft?
1: Absolutely, you you have to sort of put some puzzle pieces together and think. Okay, you know, can the Vikings move on from Kirk Cousins? Well, that contract probably says no. Mm. What do we do with Winston? What do we do with Mariota? What do we do with Andy Dalton and those types of players? There's so many in that kind of that gray area right now, and I think you just have to do your best guess of. Look, there may not be that many free agent options. There may be some guys released, but in the end, quarterbacks, especially this group, I think, tend to go higher than, than we normally project at yeah. a certain point.
2: Uh, you know, Tua seems obviously for the second year in a row, 23 touchdowns, zero picks. You know, but yeah. the, the latter part of last season, he started to show some more flaws when he was under pressure, specifically. How comfortable do you feel with him as the number one guy right now?
1: Yeah, I I would say, you know, I'm a little bit ambivalent about him in certain respects. I mean, I think obviously the production is eye-popping, and just his sort of poise and ability to kind of strike defenses in tight windows is just so impressive. But some people say, look, he doesn't have a great build. He doesn't have a great arm. He's a lefty. Look, that matters. He changes your offense and, you know, the rollouts and the, the bootlegs and stuff like that. and do you then have to go get a lefty backup? Otherwise, everything's kind of in reverse in practice. There's little things that I think people are kind of still stuck on with him. And yeah. with the the late season struggles, I think, were as much about his ankle as anything else. But, you know, what happens if he plays poorly down the stretch this year? Is
3: it yeah.
1: a recurring issue that we have to address?
2: By the way, poorly is relative because he was still pretty off. Right. I'm a big tour guy. Human. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, and we'll get in the receivers in a second. I mean, That is the greatest NFL-ready receiving core I've ever seen. But but I want to do the quarterbacks first. I won't get to the wide receivers. Justin Herbert, you have number four to Cincinnati. Herbert is like the classic NFL quarterback. Tall, throws that big pass. Have you ever heard anything? And I've heard whispers that he is not... This is not a character issue, you know what I mean? But he is not necessarily cut out of the classic quarterback personality. So I wonder if anything holds him back. Is he going to go into a room and be... I don't know who the classic personality is, but is he going to wow everybody in the interview process? We just don't know a lot about Justin Herbert.
1: I, I applaud you for having like January and February conversations in, in October because that—I mean—that's <laughs> been lingering out there for a while, and and you just know it's coming. Once we kind of see him in front of the camera more, and once we, you know, whether it's at the you know the Heisman interviews or whether it's the postseason stuff or whether it's at the combine, whatever. People notice a couple things. He's really kind of a smart, affable kid. You know, he went back to school, yes, to be with his, his younger brother on the team, but also he's a scholar. I mean, he's like a bio dude. He likes yeah, there biology. You go.
2: Right. You know, He's too smart. Think, he's too smart for the NFL. Just let's go I, ahead and say it. He's got Andrew Luckism. Yeah. He'll retire at 29.
1: Exactly. I even wrote that column. I said, look, this is unfair to Justin Herbert, but here's what's going to happen. People are going to compare yeah. him to Andrew Luck, and they're going to say, Here's a brainiac who should be doing, you know, microbiology, and, and instead he's in the NFL, and at some point he's going to realize. I don't think that's really going to happen, but your your questions are valid ones that NFL people wow. are having, which is, is he a magnetic personality that can kind of rally a huddle? I, I don't know the answer to that, but that question is being asked.
2: You could also say going back to school shows a lack of something, confidence or a lack of real desire to be a great NFL quarterback. I hate Urgency to say Urgency, maybe, yeah. And I'm, I'm just going to reveal my sources here. He's in Oregon, which is the shoe capital of America. And I got to right. tell you, the shoe companies are thrilled about Tua, but I don't I don't necessarily know if they're really thrilled about Justin Herbert, who they know as much, which is purely marketing, but it sort of points to something. He, by the way, he looks pretty awesome. He's got that big windup. Sometimes he overthrew. He had this throw that I tweeted out where he overthrew everybody by 30 yards. So I don't <laughs> It's a no, but uh, okay. Uh, next quarterback, Jacob Eason. Uh, from Washington, transfer from Georgia. You know, I'm just going to go on my most recent game, USC. Yep. He's good, but he. I watch him and he looks like a quarterback. But the college success, is he, I, I don't know, like in any year, is, does he smack you as like clear top 10 quarterback or did you have to think more about him?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's one of those names I think that's going to be uh... – sort of bandied about. Some people are going to love the arm strength and just the pedigree of being that, you know, super talented, uh, you know, rivals quarterback and all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, look, you watch the opener against Easter Washington. He made some incredible throws. You watch the game against Cal, and he looks very human, very sort of hesitant to pull the trigger on some plays. I still haven't seen the USC tape, so I can't say it, but I've heard similar things. So, yeah, it's going to be an up-and-down affair. And I hate to say it, the last guy who... Kind of had the same element of not a lot of college football, hot and cold games, Mr. Trubisky, I mean, yep. you know, his FSU tape was incredible. The Stanford, the last drive. I mean, you just saw the competitiveness there, but you know, the. Daniel were,
2: Jones. How about Daniel Jones? Yeah.
1: Here? Same yeah. thing. I mean, just like you see some really impressive games, you see some games that make you go, wait a minute. We're talking about him in the top 10, maybe, or first round even. I mean, That's that's the the debate is, are you willing to work with the tools and be patient with them?
2: Well, I don't think that losing your job to Jake Fromm is going to be a scarlet letter in the draft, because I think Eason and Justin Fields are both lost their job to Jake Fromm are going to be drafted and hire the Jake Fromm, who you have is 18 in your draft. He is going to be so polarizing. People are going to ask, like, does winning in college matter? Is he big enough? Does he have the arm like the int. I mean, are you ready for a massive intangible debate with Jake Fromm?
1: absolutely that that's that's it right there i think you nailed the evaluation so far which is you know here's this tough kid who was who's been in the spotlight since age 11 when he was at the little league world series you know the the freshman game uh you know in the national championship i mean his stats weren't gaudy but you didn't look at a kid and say oh he's overwhelmed he just has that kind of composure and that you know that poise that you're looking for but People picked him apart the same way they did Drew Brees. I think coming out, I'm not saying they're the same guy, but the accuracy, the mental toughness—I think those yep. those are shared traits that they have. So, how good is that? How much is that worth? Being able to take that that completely arbitrary, intangible quality and putting a number on it—that's the hardest thing, I think, for NFL evaluators when they when they come to him because he's not a big guy with a howitzer.
2: Yeah, I'm a Fromist. I believe in From. I think there's I like a him. trend. There's, you know, like I'm sorry, I know Gardner Minshew fell, but I don't. I feel like there's people are just gonna look at. It, you don't need the six four guy with the Howitzer to win football games, in the NFL. Yep. So wait, uh, but the next one is really interesting, both for who he is and where you had him drafted. Utah State quarterback Jordan Love, number twenty to the Vikings. Now I had Lance Earline on this uh, from the NFL.com yep. on this podcast, and we both fought over who gets to claim Jordan Love is there. <laughs> their own first. This was before the season. I got to tell you, I'm not as, I'm not as excited about claiming Jordan love anymore. And as you note, know, he plays LSU this weekend. I'm gonna Why? And it's a, I think it's a noon game. I'm going to be all yep. over that. And then I'm going to decide, should I be out in front? You want to be out in front of quarterbacks. Should I be out in front of Jordan love? Where do you stand right now?
1: I'm ambivalent, man. I'm with you. I'm, I mean, you know, watching him from a year ago, you could see all the tools and, and dare I even invoke the name, but I mean, there's a little bit of Mahomes in his game in terms of throwing on the oh, run. Wow. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's there's some of that in his game. That's you like saying that there's a of...
2: little, a little bit of Beatles in a new band. You can't compare. You can't <laughs> throw the Mahomes name in there. It's, not this day and age. Mahomes is untouchable. It's
1: unfair. It's totally unfair of to me. But yeah, that's yeah. that's the name that sort of comes up if you're just looking for a style comp, not a, you know, oh well, this is what he's gonna be. So. I, I've gone I've, I've back and forth on him. And I'll actually be at that game this weekend. I booked that one in July. I was like, hey, I want to see Joe Burrow. I don't know if he's any good or not. I want to see Jordan Love. I think he's good. But watching him last week in the rain against Colorado State, pretty unimpressive. I mean, pick six early on, bad interception to start the second half, dropped shotgun snap that hit him in the hands at the four-yard line. I mean, there's just a lot of, like, sloppy careless play in in him so i don't know if that has to do with the fact like mahomes just throwing it out there they lost a ton of talent they just don't have a lot of skill guys and offensive linemen who i think will project to be really good nfl players and last year they did i just i feel like he's having he feels the need to compensate for utah state's kind of lack of top tier offensive talent
2: Reminds me a little bit of Josh Allen had up and down like that last year when he came back to Wyoming. He lost a lot of his experienced receivers and they dropped everything the first half of the season. Uh, Okay. Uh, By the way, Minnesota, I like your idea of Mahomes sitting behind Alex Smith. You would have uh, love sitting behind. Cousins makes sense. Okay. The next quarterback, and I don't think I missed anyone, number 30, New Orleans Saints with Joe Burrow. Uh, of LSU now another trans by the way, being a transfer does not hurt your draft stock at all we have learned lately I yeah. love now uh I'm not sure if you wrote it up but I know that the his coach is uh has some ties to the Saints uh Joe Joe Brady oh yeah you did write yeah. about that Joe Brady so that makes perfect sense you know what when I got sold on Joe Burrow I was watching him like is this an NFL guy then I Google I'm like 6'4 oh yeah 6'4 he's an NFL guy his <laughs> height is a still 6'4 NFL so production and height it's happening I, I actually thought 30. I'm like, he might go higher than that.
1: I know. I, in fact, putting him, I, I think I started this mock last week and I think we, I used kind of the inverse uh, power rankings or whatever. And I think I had the States around 23 or four at that point. Yeah. So they moved up a little with the big win last week, but <laughs> of course, I sat there and said, geez, am I, am I playing? Am I slow playing? I'm here. Should he be going where, where I have from going? Should he be going where I have Easton going? I mean, that was, You know, It's a conversation I'm going to keep having with myself, and it wouldn't stun me if he keeps rising. But I love him because he's got this kind of chip on his shoulder. I know we say that a lot, but he's kind of a cocky, confident kid, but not in in an offensive way. I mean, it's, Mm. it's fun to hear him kind of talk, and he's just got that magnetic personality. So, you know, that along with some really improved performance this year, he was great down the stretch last year, even better this season. You know, a couple more big games, especially in the SEC, it wouldn't it wouldn't stun me to see him keep rising.
2: Okay. Uh, lastly, uh, I think you got most attention for this, at least when we talked about it on the Dan Patrick Show. Yeah. Number thirty-two, New England Patriots, Jalen Hurts. So I was doing the math. I did this, you know, where was Baker Mayfield at this time in October, early yeah. October, and where was Kyler Murray? So if Jalen Hurts is number thirty-two now, that means he's going to be number one by next <laughs> April. <laughs> if you just do the math, uh, if you do the Lincoln Riley math. Uh, yeah. And you know, uh, he I, I, a little birdie told me that he was really impressive in the summer camps, going against other top-notch NFL and college quarterbacks. Like his arm looked real good. He's gotten great coaching. Uh, Thirty-two. Would you be shocked if he was higher by the time you're writing your fifth or sixth mock draft?
1: I don't think I'm ever shocked at a quarterback rising. I really am, and, I, and that's not a cop-out answer. I just that at this time of the yeah. year, look, yeah. I think yeah, you just don't know. I mean, look hurts. See, I remember watching him in the opener against Houston going on Twitter and say, Boy, look at this kid play. He's just a, a ton of fun, runs the ball exceptionally well, started to throw with confidence. And I had people like, dude, he will never throw a pass in the NFL. Come on, what's wrong with you? And I thought, uh, ah, no, no, I don't know about that man. And here we are, you know, four or five weeks later saying, okay, is he the guy that vaults into the top ten? So it's a little, you know, it's a little much for me, but I'm, right now I'm thinking intangibles through the roof. I mean, he's like a coach's dream. The size is fine by today's standards. Got to have a good, thick athletic build. You know, what is he, 6'1, 6'2? You know, he's fine. He's fine in that department. Arm strength, it's okay, but everything else just grades is really high. So, yeah. you know, for the right coach, the right team, the right situation, wouldn't stun me at all.
2: Okay, two other quarterbacks you don't have. Did you look at Sam Ellinger at Texas? To me, he feels like a second or third round pick. But again, with quarterbacks, you never know. Uh, did yep. he? Did you consider him?
1: Absolutely. You know, he's been banged up too. He's been playing hurt, and you know, I mean, he's played well. It's not like you you graded against him too much. And I keep hearing that, you know, it's it's very likely or possible that he comes back to school. Other people will tell you, hey, we're not sure. We're doing our our homework on him as if mm-hmm. he is coming out. It's one of those debate you know, depends on who you talk to. But yeah, he's absolutely in the mix. And I think he'll kind of see how the landscape is. If we're, if we're buzzing about all these other half dozen guys, maybe he sits and waits. Of course, then you're competing against, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, et cetera. So mm. I, I still think it'd be better for him to come back, but it wouldn't stun me. I mean, he, he's made Devin Duvernay into a star. Colin Johnson's been banged up. He's played really well. They've shuffled that offensive line, hasn't affected him one bit. You know, he's checked all the boxes from a football competitive standpoint. His arm has gotten better, his his accuracy. So he's really intriguing. I think I'm with you on that day two target, though. I think that's where I'd have him right now.
2: He just feels like kind of that quarterback, like, I don't know, like a Will Greer. Uh, Okay, uh, one other quarterback, Steven Montez from Colorado. Uh, Huge, I mean, tall to the point where it might work against him. He's he's got big numbers. Of course, everyone's going to credit LaVisca Chenault there. But is he a guy that you heard anybody thinking about moving up? Uh, he's got big numbers yeah. already this year.
1: Yeah, and he's in fact should has been banged up too. So I mean, you know, essentially they're doing it without him, and, and you know the, the the smaller receiver. I'm blanking on his name right now. Has done a really good job for them. So brand new offense, his third coordinator in like four years. I met with him in August. I was out there for one day of practice. And, oh, nice. You know, Mel, Mel Tucker has a lot of supporters in the NFL. The new head coach out there, a lot of people respect him. I think that'll that'll help Montez's cause. He's He's been through a lot there. You know, he was sort of better as a sophomore than he was last year and a little bit up and down. There's some throws he makes okay. that make you kind of just wonder, like, what, what what was he seeing on that play? But fewer of those this year, he's cleaned it up. I like his confidence, too. He's a kid who's been through a lot. His dad had a cup of coffee in the NFL with the Cowboys. So there's there's a formula there where he could maybe be in that, maybe that Mason Rudolph range, I guess maybe even a little yeah. higher. So. That's, that's kind of who I'm, you know, as far as target range, I could see him go in round two or three.
2: That makes sense. Okay. Uh, real quick, the receivers, because, I mean, it, this is the kind of draft it's going to be that you take all your time just talking about the quarterback class, and we could have yeah. like an all-time like Odell Beckham class kind of receiver class. When you looked at your thing and you said, wait, how many Alabama wide receivers am I going to put on this list? <laughs> it is crazy. You watch them. First of all, they're all interchangeable. You might have three of them running the four twos, uh, and you know obviously Jerry Judy, the star, was number one on Kuiper's big board, which is crazy. And then you you went with Rugs. I think you had Rugs higher, right? And then and then Devonta Smith too. So how did you uh, evaluate those guys?
1: Yeah, and Broncos fans are letting me hear. It. I think I mocked Ruggs, the Broncos, even though I hedged and said, look, I think Jerry Judy is a more polished product right now, et cetera, et cetera. They saw Ruggs going three spots ahead of Ridley and, and I mean, ahead of uh, Jerry Judy and said, Come on, dude, are you kidding me? I just said, Look, I have Judy rated higher. I'm kind of looking to see, like, what happens if, if Henry Ruggs shows up to the combine and beats yeah. John Ross's 40 yard dash? I mean, oh, you know, he he's got the size, he's got massive games. Yeah, I mean, I, I just sort of try to think about, look, even if we say that he's Alabama's second or third best. Football player at that position. Hey. I know how these things work. We get overhyped on this stuff. So, look, I would take Judy over him. Would it stun me if a team goes with Rugs before him? No, it wouldn't. And then, yeah, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell. I mean, they just they just crank out the talent there. It's unbelievable.
2: So the other day they were playing Ole Miss and Rugs got hurt. He was slowed yep. down. And I don't know if you've got to see it yet, but Tua was overthrowing him. And Tua's face was like, "How I've never overthrown you in my life. The announcer had a good line. He's like, wow, he's running a 4 5 instead of his normal 4 2. <laughs> so actually, I mean, injuries, I hope he actually figures that out. Then Devonta Smith just put on a clinic. And yeah. early in the season, I was like, wow, Jalen Waddle's the best player on the field right here. So I love, you know what those guys do? They'll catch the ball, then they'll run five yards back towards the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and so they could get a running start. They're incredible. Uh, were there other uh, – CeeDee Lamb had a big week last week. Are there Any guys uh, besides the Alabama guys that could pop in the top ten?
1: Yeah, I mean, Chenault, if he gets hot, could. I mean, he's just – he's he's dealt with an injury. He had the toe yeah. injury last year. He's got this undisclosed injury that they say is not a concussion. So everybody's sort of wondering what it is. So he's been off to a slow start, but he's just this, like – 6'2, 225 pound bull who can run fast, who can line up in the backfield. They can do everything with him. So he can do Wildcat stuff. He can throw the ball. Fun, fun, intriguing football player. So he's one that with a hot finish, if he has any kind of production that's on par with last year, I could see it. So Lamb, Chenault, who am I forgetting here? Probably the, the guy I couldn't even fit into round one was T. Higgins at Clemson. I'm yeah. Coming into the year, I was like, ah, oh, he's a good player. Yeah, for sure. Top fifty, seventy-five, so the more I've watched him, the more impressed I am. And, and yeah. there's just, there's just so many guys around the country. It's like uh, – Jalen Allen Rager at TCU? Yeah. Rager's oh, great. Tyler Wall- oh, Tyler – oh,
2: he's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's,
1: deep guy. It's just so good.
2: Yeah, it's going to be – that, again, is the demand going to be there is a question. Do all go in the first round? Yeah. I mean, I think we're talking first, second round. I don't think there's a huge difference this year between a receiver who goes – at the end of the first round and the second round. Okay, now you didn't put a lot of running backs. Was that... Yep. Do uh, you care to explain why?
1: More need than anything, I think. I just, I looked at the teams and I'm like, look, you know, okay, the Bucks. you can see that. I think the Bucks going to take a running back if they're picking in the middle of round one. I don't know. What about the Dolphins, maybe? You just start looking at the teams that would have to, what they would have to do to overlook other needs, potentially, to take a running back. I just... I couldn't really find a lot. I think Jonathan Taylor is one of the 20 best prospects in this draft. I think, you know, um, I, I just I really have a hard time sitting there saying for sure he can he can land in that range because we've seen other talented backs kind of either leak into the last few picks around one or, and there's sometimes the teams trading up into that range too. So it was just hard for me to find a home for him. But DeAndre Swift did make my my first rounder at mock and. I don't know. Splitting hairs with those two. Taylor's maybe a little bit more polished and accomplished, but I could see either one uh, breaking in.
2: I mean, we're not going to start this debate now, but let's be realistic. Saquon Barkley gets hurt, and the Giants go on a winning streak. I think (laughs) first-round running backs, you know, that's the oldest. You've been in this debate for three years now probably, but first-round running backs, it's not working for me. Not when you get them in the third round. Uh, Okay, uh, lastly, before I let you go, what team is giving you the most hate mail off your first mock?
1: Wow, Broncos have to be one of them. I think you know putting rugs at six and having you know them pass on Judy in the process. So far, that's been the big winner or big loser for me. <laughs> uh Washington, like not? A,
2: by the way, did you think quarterback for the Broncos? Did you? Because I think I that's considered possible it, too.
1: That was my comment. I said, yeah. can't you just picture Elway like saying, "I want you know six foot six uh, Herbert," or "I want." you know, uh, because of the winning or, you know, I mean, I could see him just falling in love with one of these guys and, and selling out to do it. But that means you're trading drew lock. Probably. That means you're once again, switching gears, at quarterback, it's been a merry-go-round since 2015.
2: That's Elway though. He's impatient. Uh, I know. Okay. I got, I got one question from uh, the producer, Mario, Uh, the jets taking another defensive lineman. Let me just tell you a real quick thing about chase young out of Ohio state. I work on the show, uh, for MMQB with Albert Breer and Bart Scott. Yep. Every day before every show, we sit around and you know Albert went to Ohio State and watched Chase yeah, Young like- highlights because it's comical. It is absolutely comical <laughs> what he is doing to offensive <laughs> linemen yep. around the country. I haven't seen it. It's like I wanted to, you to compare him a little bit to like Carlos Dunlap or even maybe a Julius Peppers, because he's kind of long and tall, but and he's got that low number. But he is uh he's so destructive. There's so many years where I could see him going number one if teams didn't need quarterbacks.
1: Absolutely. In fact, probably one of my bigger regrets is, is sitting there saying, All right, I'm going to take the Georgia offense to tackle Andrew Thomas at number two to the Redskins, yeah. and I'm going to put, you know, that was one that I'm like, yeah, I probably should have flip flopped those two. And I think Young right. will probably end up being my highest graded player overall, higher than Tua, higher than any other quarterback, higher than any other position player. I just I keep looking for warts. I had a, it's funny, I'll tell a quick story, a personnel director tell me, yeah, I hadn't really seen the kid, and I stopped in Ohio State, and I talked to their scout liaison, and I say, come on, is this kid really good? He said, you should have seen the look they gave me. They thought, have you watched one snap of him?' You know what I mean? So it was just <laughs> like, it's just funny how, like, and he said, first thing I did was hop in the, the, t- the scout's room and put on, like, six games of him. He said and he's playing better now than he was last year when he was really, really good. So Yeah, he's bigger, too. Me, yeah. He's going like, to, yeah, exactly. He looks bigger. He looks stronger. He's, I I just can't see a scenario barring a huge injury or an arrest or something like that. And he's a good kid. I don't think he's going to have any of those issues. So that's the only way I think he drops out of the top three or four.
2: If I'm Washington, that's a team, since they just drafted Haskins, unless they're going to pull a Josh Rosen on him, they have so many needs. I could see them trading out of two for a team that wants a quarterback. I mean, because they, they I'm not sure there's one spot on the field where I would say, they have enough talent. I mean, their defense has been quietly awful so far this year. The O line yep. is obviously disaster. Uh, and why talking about a team that needs a wide receiver, it's a joke who they're. Terry McLaurin's great, but he's hurt already. So I feel yep. like, I can. Can you see them moving out of a two? Like what? They they do need a left tackle, but they also need a defensive pass rusher. They need anybody. Sure.
1: They don't yeah. have a second round pick either. They traded that up in the in the Montez Sweat deal. So it's like yeah. You know, that's that could end up being the 33rd or 4th pick. I mean, that's that's how, how scary that is right now. So, yeah, I wouldn't be stunned to see them move down. I mean, much like kind of what the Colts did a few years ago, sliding from 3 to 6, picking up as much ammo as they did. It makes sense. So that way you want to leapfrog, in, in my scenario, you leapfrog the Bengals, get your quarterback, Elway, whoever it is. You can see it happening, absolutely. I don't project trades, so it's like – it's just a fool's errand in my opinion, but sure. I absolutely could see that.
2: Okay. When's your next mock draft?
1: <laughs> Tomorrow, right? Yeah, no. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Really. And by yeah. the way, uh, where, where's your 2021 mock draft? Can we get Trevor know, Lawrence in the gang and Justin Fields out there?
1: Yeah. My editor editor's <laughs> slapping his watch as we speak here, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I probably will let this one marinate for about a month or so. I don't yeah. think I don't foresee anything before eh, maybe around Thanksgiving or something like that. And then we'll, uh, and then we'll talk.
2: Oh, I love it, buddy. You made my day by putting this out there, and I really Thank appreciate you. your time.
1: All right, yeah, buddy, We'll talk you for, soon. Yeah, thanks for talking about it. It was great. Ah,
2: oh, man, it feels so good to chop up the draft. I'm so excited. There's so many quarterbacks, and I think Eric's going to see some major changes at quarterback here, too. I think Joe Burrow actually moves up. I think Jalen Hurts moves up. I don't know where they're going to get drafted because there just is not enough need out there. Uh, I'm very curious to see if a first-round quarterback will have a very short career in a place. If you know, because they're drafting so many quarterbacks right now. Josh Rosen, obviously, we saw only got one year in Arizona. I don't know where it's going to happen, but I'm curious if any other first-rounders teams give up on them. Okay, uh, we're going to jump right into a different topic. College athletes are now be will soon be able to be paid for their likeness in California, new rules passed, and there's going to be other states that pass it, and perhaps down the road a federal rule. It's clearly coming. We're not sure exactly what shape it will take, but we're going to talk to a marketing expert, Dusty Stanfield, who's great, uh, has a lot of NFL players, and is an expert on this. You can follow him on Twitter at DStanfieldIAM, DStanfieldIAM, uh, and he knows everything about this, so let's get right into it with Dusty. All right, so whenever i have a marketing question the first person i go to is my good friend dusty stanfield who represents several major nfl players uh and all of a sudden i think marketing for athletes is in the news a lot dusty what was the first top ahead reaction to you when they pass the rule in california that is going to allow california athletes to market their own image
0: well, I'm a, I'm a big fan and it's not just because I'm in the marketing industry, you know, I've, so I've been in the business in the sports industry now for about 20 years, but um, I lived with a couple uh, guys who played football at Nebraska. were really good players at the university of Nebraska. Um, and then I worked in the compliance department at the university of Nebraska um, for a couple years. And, you know, seeing how college athletics have worked i mean really like i said at least over the past 20 30 years i mean and, and just the money that a lot of these uh universities pull in uh because of the efforts of college athletes i'm a big fan of, of uh guys and gals being able to make money um a matter of fact i think it's kind of ridiculous that that they've been restricted from making money off off things that normal students could make money. I mean, normal students didn't have any limitations or if you're on academic scholarship, you've never had any limitations on the type of money you can make. So I've always thought it's, it was ridiculous that athletes had those limitations. So I'm a big fan.
2: So are you, and you don't have to answer this, but are you going to now work with college athletes?
0: Well, I think there will be a lot of college athletes that that are going to need help, you know, whether it's attorneys or or people that specialize in in marketing. I think really, I think it's a decision that families are now going to be able to make um, you know similar to to how families make decisions on you know other topics where they need professional help I mean, uh, I think there are a lot of athletes that are going to be able to just do things on their own um, mm-hmm. and who are intelligent enough to do that. But, yeah, I think, you know, for some of the the bigger-name athletes who are going to have the opportunity to make, you know, potentially tens the hundreds of thousands of dollars, I, I do think that probably seeking professional help is the best option for them. You know, where I think a lot of people are kind of getting, you know, they say, well, only the top 1% are – You know, top few percent of athletes are going to be able to make money. I I really think this, this, these laws help every college athlete. I mean, you know, to a certain extent, right? Like now, the the girls' soccer team is going to be able to participate in off-season camps with kids where they can make money doing that sort of thing, or you know, the the backup left guard can get free meals now, um, and not have to worry about, um, compliance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it really benefits all athletes in my opinion, but, but yes, I I mean, I do think there are going to be some that that are going to need to, you know, go out and find professionals that will help them kind of navigate the opportunities that they're going to have, uh, especially from a big corporate endorsement type. uh, Okay. So,
2: if you're like Zion Williamson, can you go ahead and sign your $100 million Nike deal while you're at Duke? I mean, that's a pure hypothetical, and I know there haven't been a lot of Zion Williamson's, but what's the stop? Are guys going to sign their first shoe deals in college? And if so, are those going to be binding into their professional career? Like, how's that going to work?
0: Yeah, well, and, and that's going to be what's interesting, right? So right. Um, college guys are going to have the opportunity to sign endorsement deals in my opinion, they aren't going to be as lucrative as deals that they could potentially sign as professionals. So that's going to be, I think, where you're going to see guys that that do need professional help is like navigating, you know, do I sign a memorabilia deal now, you know, where I'm getting $10 an autograph as opposed to maybe in a year where I go professional and I can sign a memorabilia deal where I'm getting an autograph, you know, uh, saying, well, why can't you do both?
2: Dusty, why can't you do both? We're signing it for $10 now where then you go pro, it kicks up to 50. Is that possible?
0: Well, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that will be an option, you know, it, but it really kind of depends. I mean, some guys, you know, you look at a guy like Tim Tebow, who, you know, while he was in college, right. was probably arguably more marketable while he was in college than he was in the NFL. Um, so you have some guys who are going to have a value in college that is substantially more than when they're professional. Yeah, that's true. And then you'll have guys who, who you know, maybe at a smaller school or um, just don't have the marketability in college that they will as a professional. I mean, you know, I do think yeah. they're a guy like Zion, right, if, if it were me, I'd, I'd say he probably has more value as a professional than he did one year in college.
2: Well, yeah, but um, what's the stop? Is it possible for Under Armour to call Tua or Justin Herbert right now and say, hey, let's sign a deal right now? I mean, I, I assume it, it will be in this future world, you know, whether it's 2020, 2021. I feel like that's – I don't think people are paying enough attention to the fact that the, these shoe deals might get done early for the biggest stars, like the top five most remarkable players.
0: Yeah, and, and that's the interesting question, right? So, like, yeah. you know, with with shoe and apparel deals, right? So most universities have shoe and apparel deals. Is it going to be something, and I think the details still kind of have to, you know, they, the details still have to be ironed out in terms of will a player be able to sign a shoe deal with a competing company that, you know, whereas maybe the university's a Nike company and Adidas wants to sign a player. Or, Wait, Dustin, you, know? you
2: know the uh, the California rule yeah. specifically prohibits that. They wrote in a clause saying you cannot be with a brand that is a conflict with your school's brand. But that's just the California law. The, who knows if the Florida law or the if there's ever a federal law will not have that. But right now, California actually went out of their way to explicitly state that because obviously they're concerned about those big deals with Nike.
0: Yeah, and in. And- like I said, I I find it hard to imagine how they're going to be able to enforce those type of things. You know, I've, and I and I keep going back to, right, professional sports to me is a good model to follow and, and how these – and professional sports, um, for instance, the NFL, right, the NFL has a big Nike deal um, to where Nike provides all the uniforms. And then there are several – There are three companies that pay uh, the NFL to also be able to have their product in terms of cleats and gloves on the field. So Adidas, Under Armour, Nike. Well, Nike's covered under their deal with the NFL, but Adidas and Under Armour also pay a licensing fee for players to be able to wear their cleats and gloves on the field. Um, Guys can still go out and sign endorsement deals with a Puma or a Reebok or – you know, whoever they want, um, but they just can't wear those items while they're playing. I they can't, those oh, items can't.
2: So, you but do, know. Oh wait, does he, do football players move the needle when it comes to that kind of thing? Or is that more of a basketball thing? with shoe
0: companies? Yeah, playing? I mean, not, yeah, the football, the football, it doesn't compare to the basketball. I mean, um, someone described it to me a long time ago is that, you know, a shoe company will take everything a basketball player is wearing and sell it retail. That's why you, the the basketball mm. deals are so much bigger than, than the, whereas really football you're looking at is, you know, cleats and gloves, which isn't a very big market. So, so in basketball, but you know, the, the NBA is the same way, um, um, Although, I don't know. I think the NBA, they are they are a little more lax in, in what they let guys wear on court. Right. Um, they've they've really re- uh, eased up on those restrictions. But in college, I could see it working a lot like they do in like, the NFL or Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is the same way, right? Guys can't just wear anything. It has to be approved uh, to have a logo on the field. It has to be approved. Um and I could see, you know, like I said, let's say a guy goes to the University of Alabama, um, but Adidas wants to sign him to a deal. Well, Adidas might be able to sign him to a deal. They just wouldn't be able to wear any of the Adidas logo stuff while they're playing for the University of Alabama since Alabama has a Nike deal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh,
2: okay. this. I think we're going to re- let's revisit this topic later on when more clarity comes, because I think people are going to have to react to the California rule. I want to jump into this year's draft for a second. We're having Eric Edholm on from Yahoo Sports, who did a mock draft today. Dude, do you realize, and I know it's a mock draft, so we're not going to take it as gospel, but how much skill position talent is, which I know in the marketing world, that's really all that matters in the NFL. The skill position talent seems out of control for this year's draft. Are you just salivating right there in your role, uh, looking at this class?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's in terms of from a skill position standpoint, I'd say it's maybe the most talented draft definitely in the 20 years I've been doing business. Um,
2: Are you really you're thinking like that big picture already?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a from. I mean, I think you can make the case that there are twenty plus skill position guys that could carry first round grades. I mean, um, yeah, it's it is really remarkable. I mean, I was looking at I was looking at the wide receiver position uh, a couple days ago, and you know, I think there's like seven or eight guys at the wide receiver position that you know, in a normal year, could be first round guys. Um, Same with. With yeah. quarterbacks, a ton of quarterbacks, um, and you're looking but at you need, know, you're, yeah.
2: I was just saying, but the need might not be there. So you're saying first round grades they might fall the second gra- second round just because no team needs them at that. They need a defensive player or something else, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah and not to say that many guys will go in the first round, but I think there are, there are that many guys who are worthy of being first round picks. Um, wow in uh, the skill positions. I mean, running back, too. I mean, running back's just loaded. I mean, well, kind of like... No, not know.
2: compared to wide receiver, though. Is the running back that rich? Are we talking, you know, remember a few years ago we had a bunch of studs? I feel like there's two or three guys that are in first round. Jonathan Taylor and uh, Swift from Georgia. But we're not... Are there any other p- potential first rounders you're seeing?
0: I mean, yeah. You know, Travis Atien Travis at Clemson. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... You know, guys kind of in the back end of the first round. I mean, you've got guys that are really skilled. I mean, the the Eno Benjamin kid at Arizona State. Uh, yeah. There's a, a, a player at Mississippi State that I know a lot of scouts are, are really high on, Kylan Hill. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I know I'm forgetting, there there are some, some other Vanderbilt. guys in there as well. Yeah, yeah, the Vanderbilt kid. I mean, obviously he's not on a a, a team that gets a lot of notoriety but i know scouts are really high on him and you know it is it's just from from a skill standpoint you're just looking at a a monster class i mean alabama has obviously uh, the running back at alabama i mean typically alabama running backs do really well
2: um jk dobbins ohio state maybe i mean jk dobbins yep yeah, I mean they're all. But then and then there's the quarterbacks uh which we you know uh it's crazy. Uh, so the mock draft that we're talking to Eric about, he has I think six guys. He's got uh two One, Herbert uh Herbert two or three or four something like that. Then he's got of course Jake Fromm. He's got Jordan Love who has a big game this weekend. I got to tell you by the way. We'll see if Jordan yeah. Love hype is real. Uh then he's got Jalen really, Hurts at the Jalen Hurts at the back of the first round. I think he moves up quickly from there. Joe Burrow in the back end of the first round, uh, and I think all these guys are possibly going even higher. And like, and it's only October. Who knows who's going to emerge? So, I mean, the quarterbacks are crazy. But are there, are there seven teams that need a quarterback in the first round? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that's the big question. I mean, I yeah. I would say no, but um, you you see the rate at which quarterbacks have gotten hurt in the NFL this year, right? And so I think w- really what will be interesting, right, is if with this new collective bargaining agreement, mm. you know, heard rumors about exp- expanding roster size, right? So sure. not only expanding active rosters, but expanding practice squads. So uh, I think if that happens, you will see more teams. Well, right now kind of the big debate is if your team is, do you go with two or three quarterbacks on the roster? Mm. Um and I think, you know, obviously if they expand rosters, you'll see a lot more teams expand to three quarterbacks. Uh, um, yeah. Just because it's such an important position. And you right. need We've to already, develop guys, and guys are getting hurt. Yep.
2: There's like 11 we We're eleven backups in already through four weeks. By the way, I forgot Jacob Eason at number 11 in this mock draft to another guy, Washington. It is crazy. All right. Uh, before I let you go, real quick, I have 30 seconds. I you know if you don't follow Dusty on Twitter you're missing out. It's great, but give me the Hall of Fame case for Peanut Tillman, which I know what are your former clients. Who's the best current <laughs> client too? Just tell people why Peanut Tillman is a Hall of Famer. I'll give you thirty seconds. Go.
0: Well, you look at the numbers. He has Hall of Fame numbers in terms of tackles. Really, the big one is t- turnovers forced. I know with, with, for a defensive back. Yeah. Usually the interception number is what gets you in the Hall of Fame. But just the way he changed the game with forcing fumbles, if you, if you look at his combined forced fumbles, interceptions, he actually has a higher rate, turnover rate, than a lot of guys who are currently on the Hall of Fame. Really, what's hurting him is uh, voters just never gave him credit while he played, so he doesn't have the Pro Bowl numbers. Um, right. but in terms of statistics, he's right there. And just, you know, I think you talk about a guy who, who changed the game. I mean, you know, you hear it every weekend now, peanut yeah. punch, right?
2: Yeah. Um, what was it? Detroit when my... went nuts with the peanut punch the other day on, in week four. Uh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. That's why he lives forever. He like invented a play. Uh, all right, Dusty. Hey, we're going to come back to all these topics soon. Really great points. And I love, this is going to be the best draft class. I, I cannot wait for it. It's Vegas this year too. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm. I'm just gonna go. You know, I. You know how much I love mock drafts. I'm gonna go overboard this year. Is that okay?
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And I love. <laughs> I
0: love your podcast, man. Keep doing your thing.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Um, That's. Uh, hey, I appreciate it, and I'll have you back later in the season.
0: Thanks, Perloff. <laughs>
2: Uh, That was very, very interesting. There's so many moving parts here. I really like what Dusty said about expanding rosters. And if they expand the season, will that affect the way teams draft players? Will they want more quarterbacks in the building? Because by by week 17 right now, usually you have about 15 backups in. So I think the backup quarterback is getting more important, uh, which may affect how teams draft. It's great. Uh, it's also my main concern here was, are any of these college athletes going to dip into my marketing dollars? Because there's only so much marketing money out there. And I don't want like the, I don't want the quarterback at, um, Syracuse to take a deal away from me from some minivan or something. this is worrying me, Mario, this is bad news. <laughs> I don't ends. like this. Yeah. I'm going to lobby against this rule. The question is, you know, uh, can Danettes get paid for their likeness? I think it's a more important rule. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, Mario, how much do you love the draft
3: talk? I love it. For it. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you I can't express how much more than this than I'd love this. This is awesome.
2: Are you gonna watch Jordan Love play L S U this weekend?
3: Absolutely.
2: Oh, it's gonna be great. Ab- I love gonna... I
3: love seeing what's gonna happen, you know, what's who's coming up and all that stuff. Draft NFL draft is just my favorite time of year. So if we can expedite it a little bit more, I'm in.
2: Well, yeah, but we don't want to expedite it too much because we need it. We need something after the Super Bowl. That post Super Bowl depression is a real thing. So that's when we, you know, I don't want to totally use up all my draft bullets before, but I'm into <laughs> it too. All right. Uh, stay tuned next Monday. We'll come back and overreact once again after an exciting week five to everything in the NFL. Thanks for listening. Make sure you rate and review if you want, but definitely subscribe. This is Against the Grain. Talk to you soon.
0: Against the grain.